We're going to go to Philippians chapter 2 tonight in your Bible. Please, the book of Philippians and chapter number 2. I want to thank everyone that up to this point has had a part in uh, the nursery remodel, uh, whether you've been up here and hauled trash out or vacuumed or cleaned or dusted or whatever you have done. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the help. There's just a lot to get done. A lot has been done, a lot more to get done. And so continue to pray for the nursery remodel and uh, that uh, Brother Jeff will hold up. We want him to hold up while through this thing and appreciate him and his dear wife so very much and their willingness to to uh, do what they do and help in churches all around this country. What a great blessing. What a great blessing. <clears throat> Philippians chapter 2. Look down to verse number 5. Philippians 2 and verse 5. We're going to continue on in our series tonight, Standards. Why bother? We're going to continue on. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Uh, he came down, took on the form of man, but he was still God. Okay, I won't, I'll, I'll try not to preach. Let's go ahead and read verse 6. Who being in the form of God, thought it not, not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and every and, uh, things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Um. I titled the message tonight, God's Standard, Jesus Christ is Lord. He set that standard and uh, means a lot to us. It really means a lot to us. We've already prayed. Have a seat and we'll just get right on into the message. Having been trying to set the, I've been trying to set the the groundwork for the for the dreaded subject of standards. It's something that you mention, everybody just kind of ices over, and it's like, oh man, where is he going to go with this? What's he going to talk about with all of this? You know, standards does not seem to be a subject that is easily embraced. But really, nevertheless, God has set, uh, God has a set of standards. It, absolutely. We, we just need to be willing to meet up to his standard of standards. It's all about him. Come on, it's always been all about him around this place. And it's still all about him. So let's be reminded of the definition of standard that we started with in the very first message, which is this, that which standard, that which is established by sovereign power as a rule or measure by which others are to be adjusted. 
Now I want you, I'm going to read that again, and I know we've heard it several times already in the series, but I'm going to read it again because I want it to soak in because it's important to this message. That which is established by sovereign power, and of course our sovereign power is God. Somebody say amen. I want to make sure you're with me here. That which is established by sovereign power as a rule or measure by which others are to be adjusted. Uh, a standard that has been established by the sovereign power, our God, is lordship. That standard has been established. And in the Noah Webster 1828 dictionary, lordship is defined as this, dominion, power, authority. So dominion means sovereign or supreme authority, the power of governing and controlling. Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar spoke of God's dominion in Daniel chapter 4 and verse 3 where the Bible says how great are his signs and how mighty are his wonders. His, his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. We know that all power has been given to the Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew 28, 18, and Jesus came and spoke un, uh, spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. So, <clears throat> excuse me, God has given all power, authority, and dominion to his son, Jesus Christ. So, so, so no, no, very basic, I know, but he has all power, he has all authority, he has all dominion, Come on, we're talking about that sovereign or supreme authority, the power of governing and controlling. Jesus Christ is Lord. He's Lord. The Word of God is truth. Oh, come on. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy Word is truth. John 17, 17. The Word of God is truth. And it is truth even if no one believes it. And the truth is Jesus Christ is Lord. He's Lord. So let me, let me repeat the, the meaning of lordship one more time. We're going to get right on into this. But the meaning of lordship is dominion and power and authority. So with that being said, let me say this. Jesus has the authority to be the lord of your life. No, no, he, he already has the authority to be the Lord of your life, of your life. And that authority was given to him by the Father. In Acts chapter 2, and verse number 36, part of that verse says that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. So he is the Christ, absolutely, but he is also Lord, and God the Father gave him that. We do not give him, look up here, we do not give him the authority to be Lord. No, 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 he is Lord, whether we make him Lord or not, he is Lord. He has that authority because it was given to him by God, his father. 
you and I do not have to give approval or acceptance for that to be final. Not at all. It is final because God has made him to be both Lord and Christ. Come on, Acts chapter 2, verse 36. God has made him to be both Lord and Christ. So there's nothing you and I can do to make him more Lord or less Lord. Now get the statement. The only thing that we can do is to limit our degree of surrender to his lordship. I'm going to say it again because that's worth writing down. You're writing down. The only thing that we can do is to limit our degree of surrendering to his lordship. He's Lord. Whether you're making him Lord of your life or not, he is Lord. He's Lord. We as believers, we make the decision whether to be submitted to Christ's Lordship or not. Now I'm saying that you are the one that decides whether you will or will not follow his authority. Now, okay, okay. <laughs> it's really true. You are the one that decides whether you will or will not follow his authority. You decide that. You're that one. Because he received the authority of lordship. He received it. Romans chapter 14 verse 8 says, For whether we live, we live unto the Lord. Or whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live therefore or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ both died and rose and revived that he might be Lord both of the dead and living. So the authority that he has is a threefold authority. Number one, because he died. His death on the cross brings pardon to us as believers. Pardon means to be made not guilty by means of forgiveness. We've been forgiven. Those that are saved by the grace of God, we've been forgiven because he died for us. You and I, are, uh, you and I have no claim to salvation except through his forgiveness, just by his forgiveness. And it's a great thing because once a pardon, uh, come on brain, once a person has been pardoned, the crime cannot be brought against him ever again. Hallelujah. Very thankful for that because pardon means to be made innocent by the cleansing of sin by his precious blood your sin that had condemned you has been covered by the blood of christ and now when god looks at you he sees the cleansing blood of the lord jesus christ so very thankful for that we that have been saved have been blood bought We've been blood bought. We've been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 16, 9. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So we are purchased. No, no, I want you to get this, young and old alike. We are purchased personal property of Christ. If you're no, if you're saved by the grace of God, you are purchased personal property of Christ. I love the old hymn, Now I belong to Jesus. Jesus belongs to me. Boy, so many times I wish I could sing. Not for the years of time alone. I know y'all are enjoying this. 
but for eternity. Amen. No, no, no. I bought. I, he bought me with his blood. I belong to him. I am in him and nobody can get me out of him. Amen. Absolutely so. His stamp of possession has been placed upon me. I am his. I am his property. I am his child. I belong to him. And if you are saved, so do you. You belong to him. I say it again. You belong to him. I'll say it one more time. You belong to him if you've been saved by the grace of God. How could we ever... No, listen to me, please. How, how, how could you ever claim to be saved by the grace of God and yet deny his ownership of you? How can you even begin to think of the price that was paid for your sin and then claim that it's not a high enough price for you to yield to his authority in your life? It really does not make any sense. Come on, ladies and gentlemen, picture your, picture your Savior hanging on a cross. I mean, suffering more than any man's ever suffered. Shedding his blood that he, might, that he might save you from your sin. How could we ever deny that we have been bought by him, that he owns us, and that we should surrender to his authority? How could we ever deny that? when we think of what he has done for us. No, no, no. I think we take our salvation much too lightly at times. I think it's like, well, you know, I'm sure glad Jesus died for me. I'm sure glad I don't have to go to hell. Well, you know, God wants you to do this. Well, I know, but he understands. He loves me anyway. Oh, no, no, that seems to be the, no, no, that seems to be the answer that a lot of people want to give today. They want to write it off that it's not a big deal, that they're living the way that they're living. But I'm telling you, we belong to him and he has the authority to direct our lives and when we act like he doesn't it's a shame oh no I'll say it again it's a shame when we act like he doesn't have the authority to tell us what to do or what not to do or where to go where not to go it's a shame we belong to him we were purchased with his precious blood. And he has the authority. And he has authority because he arose. And that means he lives to possess us. Not only did he pardon us and purchase us, but he also possesses us. You know, it makes a difference when you really put him first place in your life. I'm going to say it again because, because repetition is the key of learning. It makes a difference when you really put him first place in your life. I mean, when you really put him at that place. No, no, no. I mean, when he's on the throne of your heart. You're not on the throne of your heart. He's on the throne of your heart. It really makes a difference in your life when he has first place. When he is the Lord of your life. When you are surrendering to him. When Jesus has that place in your life, you will begin to follow him without asking questions. Well, preacher, man, he just thinks we ought to do whatever Jesus says. Good grief. Well, 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 3, the Bible says, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not grievous, not shameful, not dreadful. Know that word grievous, not shameful, not dreadful. Oh man, God wants us to do this. Why would we even want to argue with what He wants for us when we belong to Him and the price has been paid? 
Over in Acts chapter 9, the, the story of Saul's conversion into Paul, uh, and verse 5 says, And he said, Who art thou, Lord? The apostle Paul, when he was Saul, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It, persecutest. it is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And, and he, Paul, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? <laughs> and the Lord said, Arise and go into the city, and thou shalt be told uh, thee what thou must do. What wilt thou have me to do? Come on, can you picture it? Paul there on the road to Damascus. I mean, I mean, I mean, the Lord, he has met the Lord. I mean, he's face down on the ground in total surrender to the authority of God. Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Well, that's where we all ought to be. I say, that's where we all ought to be. I say, that's what we ought to be teaching our children to do. That's where we all ought to be. Lord, what will that have me to do? Whatever you want me to do, however you want me to do it. When Jesus is, no, no, when Jesus truly is Lord of your life, you will be asking him what he wants to do with your life. Lord, what will that have me to do? There's this thing going around now that God, there's no perfect will of God. There's no perfect will of God. You just kind of do what you want. And then if God approves, everything is... That's about the dumbest thing I ever heard. Don't ever buy into that. There is a perfect will of God. God has a plan for your life. And He had a plan for your life before you were ever born. Absolutely so. And we ought to be asking Him on a regular basis. And it really doesn't matter how old we are. We should continue to ask Him, Lord, what will Thou have me to do? You have, to, you have to surrender his authority, to, to his authority. See, he wants to be preeminent in our lives. Colossians chapter 1 verse 18 says, And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. That he might have the preeminence. What is it that God wants you to do? Well, preacher, I know what the Bible says, but well, let me stop right there. See, that's the big problem right there. No, no, no. When we say, well, I know what the Bible says, but no, 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 that's a, no, 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 no. That's a big problem right there. If we know what the Bible says, then we ought to be doing what the Bible says. We ought to be listening to God. We ought to quit making excuses. We ought to make him Lord of our life. Come on, it's His standard. It's His standard. He paid the price. He bought us with His precious blood. We belong to Him. Come on, don't lose sight of that. We belong to Him. You belong to Him. Well, I tell you, I have rights. Let me stop right there. No, you don't. Boy, that's good, isn't it? People really like that right there. Uh, No, once we're bought with the price, we have no rights. We have the right to serve Him. We have the right to live for Him. We have the right to listen to Him. We have the right to praise Him. We have the right to worship Him. But really, we don't even belong to ourselves anymore. We have no rights. He's to be the Lord of our life. We're supposed to listen to everything that He has to say, and we are supposed to yield ourselves to just that. 
come on. I don't know why people think that if we would, that if we would do something like that, I don't understand why people think if they, man, if I do that, my life is just going to be such a wreck. It's just going to be so horrible. I'll never be able to have any fun. Nothing's ever going to happen. It's good to me. I just don't. I tell you, if we do all of that, all that stuff and make him Lord and all that stuff, it's just going to be, I just can't handle it because that's just going to be terrible. Oh yeah. Our God is so hateful and so vindictive and doesn't want you to have a good life whatsoever. Come on. That's just crazy thinking, isn't it? But that's, no, no, that's the mindset of a lot of born-again believers. They've bought into this lie that whether the devil has put it in there or their own wicked flesh just wanting to do whatever they want to do is put it there, that we can't, you know, if we do what God wants us to do, our life's just going to be terrible. That's about the dumbest thing I ever heard. No, 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 no. Our, our God loves us. He's a loving, caring, wonderful, gracious, merciful, heavenly Father. And He wants our life to be good. And He wants to be... No, no, no. He wants for Jesus to be the Lord of our life because He knows if we will do that and we will follow Him that we are going to have the best life that we could ever dream of. Absolutely so. I can't stand it. There's a penny on the floor. Find a penny, pick it up. And tithe goes up. Amen. Amen. You know, you know, if we were determined in our own heart and our own life just to just to make Jesus Lord of our life, I mean surrendering in that way, then really and truly even though our flesh might argue with things every once in a while, this thing of standards wouldn't, wouldn't throw us into a tizzy. It wouldn't, no, 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 it wouldn't bring question marks above our head when it's mentioned, oh, well, what standards? What's he going to talk about now? And what's he going to want us to do now? And what are they, and good grief. No, 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 no. I'm telling you, if, if our life is totally, completely surrendered to him, it wouldn't do that to us like that. We just want to please Him. I said we get to a place we just want to please Him. I, I said we get to a place that's more important to please Him than it is to please ourselves. We get to that place where He's more important than we are. I think somewhere in the Bible it says we should do that. That's good preaching if I am doing it. Absolutely so. 2 Corinthians 5.15 is my life's verse. It's, it's, a, it, it's my life's verse. And it says, and that he died for all, talking about Jesus, that he died for all, that they which live, those that have been born again by the Spirit of God, should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. And that verse changed my life completely when God gave me that verse. We're not supposed, no, no, once we're saved by the grace of God, we're no longer supposed to live for ourselves. We're supposed to live for him. That involves lordship. He has the authority because he died, and he has the authority because he arose, but also he has the authority because he revived. Romans 14 verse 9, uh, the first part of that verse says, for to this end Christ both died and rose and revived. And that means to live again. He's at the right hand of the Father. Come on, he not only died, but he arose and he lives. That's our God. He conquered all sin and death. He came out of the grave victorious over sin and death. No, He is Lord. He is God. He's God. Death couldn't keep Him down. 
Jesus came out of that grave alive and well, and he lives forevermore. And if you are saved, stay with me, if you are saved, he has dominion over you. If you're saved, he has dominion over you. Again, the definition of dominion is this, sovereign, independent of anything else, self-serving, or supreme authority, the power of governing and controlling. So this means that he does not have to have your, listen, 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 listen. This means that he does not have to have your permission to participate in your life. You know, he doesn't, he, doesn't need your, he doesn't need your permission to participate in your life. He doesn't need your permission. Well, come, because he owns you. No, no, if you're saved by his grace, he owns you. Come on, I've already been through that. Don't make me go through all that again. He, he owns you. He has that right. He has that authority because he is Lord. He is Lord. So he has dominion. That's not something that you give him. No, 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 no. He already has that right. He already has that authority. Somebody might say that God cannot participate in our life unless we give him permission. But you listen to me tonight. When you trusted Christ as your personal Savior, you became his. You became his. And our part is to yield to the one that now owns us. He is sovereign. He is supreme. He is final. There's nothing beyond him. There's nothing before him. Uh, There's nothing or no one equal to him. And by having dominion, he has power to govern and desires that we give him control. Come on, stay with me. He has power to govern your life. Look up here, please. And he desires that we give him control. He has the power to govern already. His desire is that we give him control. I just don't know why God doesn't do anything in my life because you are not giving him control. Oh, no, no, I'll say it again. Because you haven't given him control. You're doing whatever you want to do and hoping that God can work it all out in the end. Boy, it's a lot easier to live the Christian life if you have given him control. There's so much more to live in the Christian life once we have made him Lord of our life, once we have given him that control. It It changes so many things. So many different things. The power to govern. Again, Matthew 28, 18 says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. I think it's pretty safe to say this. You don't know how to govern your life. The one that created you, he knows how to govern your life. You don't know how to govern your life. When you attempt to, you'll never do as well as he can. You never will. It won't happen. You know, it's it's crazy the way that devil, (laughs) it's crazy the way that the devil deceives 
people, especially, well, everybody, but young people, man, he really tries hard with young people. You know, if you'll just do what you want to do, you'll be happy. You'll just do what you want to do. You're, you're going to be happy if you'll just do what you want to do. You don't have to listen to that preacher yell at you and spit and scream and all that. You just do what you want to do, and then you'll be happy if you'll just do what you want to do. No, no, no. The devil loves for us to think that that's true. That's not true. It's not true. Our life is so much better when we do the things that God would have us to do. Come on, don't space out on me now. You stay tuned in just a few more minutes, will you? I know it's Wednesday night. I'm tired too. But I am telling you, God has a message for us right here. And our church could be completely transformed if we would all just make Him Lord of our life. It's true. It's true. Peter tried to govern his life, didn't he? He came to the Lord walking on the water. When he took matters into his own hands, he began to sink. And he would have been pulled out of the Sea of Galilee as a corpse had Jesus not taken charge again. Jesus is the one that saved him from that mess. Yeah. Over in John chapter 21, we see again Peter trying to take charge of his own life. And Peter thought he could get by in life on his own, do his own thing, just go back to fishing, do whatever he wanted to do. He didn't need Jesus anymore. But I'm telling you, he would have starved to death if Jesus had not told him how to catch fish. (laughs) It's a lot better when Jesus is in the picture. Preacher, I just have some I just have some hard I just have some hard times. I just have a hard time with some things in my life. Oh, I understand. It, I, no, 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 I understand. It can be a battle, it can be a struggle. I understand that. No, no, I'm not up here acting like I don't ever have struggles along the way. I'm not even trying to say that. But I'm telling you, once we no no no, once we give him the authority to be Lord. Come on, come on. Mm-hmm. Come on, and, and we know, no, 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 and, and, and we know there's things that he would not have us to do, and, and so something comes in our mind to, to do something that we know that he would not have us to do, and if we will just allow him to be Lord, you know, like he's standing there, and he would just say, oh no, Bill, don't do that. Oh, okay, Lord. Oh, you make it sound so easy. No, no, no. I'm not. No, 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 no. But when we listen to him and respond in the proper manner, he, manner, he will give grace to overcome things in our life. And he will give direction as we step out in faith at times. And he will help us when we struggle with things if we're more dependent upon him than we are ourselves. Amen. That's why I get so... I get so fed up with these self-help books that are out there. I'm telling you, here's the best self-help book that we have right here. Man, we need God's help more than we need anything else. I'm sorry, Miss Hope. Here, I borrowed your Bible for a minute. We need God's help. But we have to be willing to take it when He offers it. To just listen to Him. When you take the reins of your life to govern yourself, it's not going to work out well in the end. It, 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 it slays me. Well, you know, I'm not. I'm doing what I want to do, and I know how you preach it all the time. But there's nothing bad happening to me. 
your life's not over. Oh, no, no, even the Bible says there's pleasure in sin for a season. It may seem real good. It may seem like it's going okay. Listen to me. It may seem like it's going okay the way that you're raising your children and running your home and doing these different things in your life. It may seem like it's going okay, but I'm telling you, if you're going against what God says, it's not over yet. It's a whole lot better to listen to God. It's a whole lot better to repent when we know we need to repent. It's a whole lot better if we're going one way and we know we need to go another way that we repent and start going the other way. It's just a whole lot better when we make the choice to do what God would have us to do. But we have to make that choice. We have to make that choice. He has power in all things. Matthew 28, 18. He has power in all things. Colossians 1.18, that in all things he might have preeminence. Preeminence. So I guess the question would be is, have you given him control? Does he really have control? Or do your friends have control? Your urges have control? The internet have control? Facebook have control? TikTok have control? What has control? Family, friends, co-workers. What has control? Your own selfish nature. What has control? I know you probably think I wear it out, but Romans 12, 1 and 2 is a wonderful portion of Scripture where the Apostle Paul says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service, because you were bought with a price. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Renewing your mind, yeah, with what God wants you to do instead of what you want to do. Come on, making choices based upon this instead of based upon this. It was, it's life-changing. In that portion of Scripture in Romans chapter 12, Paul is imploring us to surrender ourselves to the control of our Lord. And it is the standard, listen please, it is the standard that God has set for every believer. It's the standard that He has set for every believer. Come on, the definition of standard again. That which is established by by sovereign power as a rule or measure by which others are to be adjusted. This book can make some real good adjustments in your life. If you'll allow it. If you'll allow it. He wants to help you. It was also the Apostle Paul who wrote Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20, where the Bible says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we, above all that we ask or think according to the power, listen to me, according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory, uh, uh, be glory in the church by Jesus Christ throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Jesus is able to do much more with your life than you'll ever be able to do. No, exceeding abundantly 
But it's up to you to surrender to his lordship. It's up to you to surrender to that. He'll not make you do that. He'll participate in your life because he's Lord and he has, no, no, no. I said he will, no, no, you belong to him. So he will continue to participate in your life. But whether you do what he says to do, that's up to you. And you making him Lord. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 18, we see Paul saying, being then made free from sin, listen, you became the servants of righteousness. Being made free from sin, Brother Mike, you became the servants of righteousness. His standard for you and me as believers is to be his servants. Oh, we don't like that, do we? I ain't nobody's servant. Well, you should be. You should be his servant. Truly. And true servants are obedient to their master. So you must voluntarily submit yourself to the control of the master. Really and truly, we're to be a bond slave. Just sold out to him, whatever he wants. Oh, and listen, listen, listen. No, 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 no. You can go your own way. You can go your own way. But choosing to be a servant of Jesus Christ is truly what God expects from you. No, 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 don't, don't miss that. Well, I can do whatever I want to do. You can, you can, you can. I've said that since I became pastor here all those years ago. I, yeah, you can do whatever you want to do. You can, you can. And probably everybody in here to some extent has proven that, that even though they're saved, they can do what they want to do. Come on, somebody say amen, will you? You can. But choosing, choosing to be a servant of Jesus Christ is truly what God expects of you. Because you were bought with a price. No, it is His standard. It's His standard. Until you do that, come on, I'm done. Right at it. Until you do that, you'll never going to experience the fullness that God has for you. I said, you'll never experience the fullness that God has for you until you do that. You'll not experience it. No, 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 no. You, you, you'll never experience the blessing, the blessing of true lordship of Christ until you do that. You know, it's really crazy because when standards are mentioned today, when standards are mentioned today, this ain't the first thing that comes to people's minds, is it? No. But this is where it starts. No, no, we're, we'll get to a place that his commandments are not grievous. This is where it starts. We get this part down and it makes the rest of it much more palatable. 
for sure. Yeah. It's God's standard. What is? Jesus Christ is Lord. He is Lord. Is He the Lord of your life? Maybe you need some help from Him tonight. Tonight would be a good time to come and get that. Let's all stand to our feet. Let's stand. Heavenly Father, thank You. Thank You for sending Your only begotten Son. Thank You, Lord, that He was obedient to You, that He came, fulfilled Your perfect will for His life, shed His blood for the sin of mankind, that we might know You in the free pardon of sin. Thank You, Lord, that You have given Him all power in heaven and earth. Thank You, Lord, God, that You have not only made Him Savior, but Lord. And Father, I don't know how You may have spoken to hearts tonight, but I know Your desire, even more than my desire, Your desire is that the people of Riverside Baptist Church would truly have Jesus Christ as Lord of their own life. Father, as we open up the altar tonight, I pray that people would just uh, be honest with You and themselves. And if they need to come, Lord, they'll do business with You. Help us. Help us. Oh, Lord, help us. We pray, please. We ask these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.